In this episode, I'm going to talk about imposter syndrome. Most of us have experienced it at some point in our academic or professional lives. You may be dealing with it right now. I share my story of living with it for decades and finally making it fade away a few years ago. I'll also share six strategies for managing your imposter syndrome and perhaps eradicating it entirely. This is Invincible Career, and I'm Larry Cornette. If you've ever felt like an imposter, please know that you're not alone. Most of us feel that way at some point in our lives. Even some of the most successful and famous people that you know have admitted there are times they felt like a fraud. Few examples, America Ferreira felt like no one believed she deserved to win an Emmy in the lead actress category in 2007 for Ugly Betty. Tom Hanks said that no matter what you've done, you always wonder when everyone will figure out you're a fraud and take it all away from you. Maya Angelou experienced self-doubt and once said that although she has published more than 10 books, every time she thinks, "Uh uh-oh, they're going to find out now. Howard Schultz was the CEO of Starbucks for more than 30 years, but said that almost no one feels qualified for the job of CEO. Emma Watson feels that she's fooled people about her acting abilities. And there are many, many other examples. In fact, up to 82% of people have experienced imposter syndrome. It depends on the screening tool used. It ranges, in one case, as low as 9% and all the way up to 82%. It was first identified in 1978 by the psychologist Pauline Rose Clance and Suzanne Imes. It's common among both men and women. So that's a myth that only women experience or mostly women experience imposter syndrome. Everybody does. And it's not just for young people either. It affects everybody across a wide range of age groups. I've certainly felt like an imposter at different points in my career. And I would guess that many of you listening to this have felt that way too. So why is it a problem? Does it matter? Well, I know that imposter syndrome can definitely hinder your career progress. When I experienced it, I found myself taking fewer risks. And you need to take risks if you're going to be successful, get ahead in your career. I was questioning my judgment. I doubted my talent. And I dismissed my accomplishments as luck and worried that someone would eventually reveal that promoting me was a mistake. So with every promotion, I was like, oh boy, this is, I'm getting it over my head. They're going to figure out this is a mistake. Those who experience imposter syndrome struggle with self-efficacy, perfectionism, oh yeah, (laughs) and neuroticism. Great. Thanks. That makes me feel real happy. Competitive environments in school and, and at work, and even pressure from parents. 
they don't help the situation. And even more seriously, it often co-occurs with depression, anxiety, and chronic procrastination. People suffering from it experience impaired job performance, poor job satisfaction, and sometimes burnout. I know some people don't take imposter syndrome seriously. I've, I've read their articles about it. Yes, of course, haven't we all had bad days or even bad weeks when we experienced doubt, felt like a fraud, and didn't believe in our success? But like anything, you know, for example, occasional sadness versus clinical depression, it becomes an issue when the feeling persists. And you almost always feel that way. Imposter syndrome can rob you of your confidence, motivation, and drive. So why do we feel like imposters? (sighs) That's a good question. (laughs) I've talked about this before a few years ago. It begins long before you enter the working world. But it reaches all new heights as you progress in your career. I think it starts much earlier than that, though. Imposter syndrome doesn't suddenly appear in your life overnight. It begins in childhood, that moment when someone first told you and maybe you started believing it, that you were somehow not enough, that who you are is not sufficient or acceptable, that you need to be someone different to fit in, to be accepted, and to make friends. That you need to behave and be perceived in a certain way to succeed. So, you begin creating layers of camouflage and layers of defense. You know, this layer makes me look smart. This one helps me make friends. This layer protects me from bullies. This layer is how successful people look and how they behave. This layer is what everyone seems to expect from me. In their book, If I'm So Successful, Why Do I Feel Like a Fake? The Imposter Phenomenon, Harvey and Katz call out three indicators of imposter syndrome. Number one, believing that one has fooled others into overestimating one's own abilities. Number two, Attributing personal success to factors other than one's ability or intelligence. Things such as luck, extra work, charisma, or an evaluator's misjudgment. And then finally, number three, fearing exposure as an imposter. The cycle of feeling like an imposter and dismissing your success typically follows this pattern. Number one, you're faced with a significant task. Two, you doubt yourself and your ability to succeed at this task. Three, you're a perfectionist, of course, and fear failing at the task. Four, so you procrastinate because you feel overwhelmed. Number five, but you pull it all together at the last minute, work like crazy to get it done, And you're under immense time pressure, stress, and anxiety. Sixth step, surprisingly, it turns out well, and you're successful. Number seven, but you don't believe that you deserve that success. 
It only happened because you worked like crazy at the last minute and got lucky. And finally, you feel like there is no way you can repeat this success. So the cycle starts again with the next task. Sound familiar? It sure does to me. The good news is there is something you can do about it. Even though I lived with this feeling for most of my earlier academic and professional life, I finally found a way to manage my imposter syndrome. And I'm going to share those strategies a little bit later. I suspect that in my case, it may never disappear entirely, but it has faded to a faint whisper that I've learned to ignore. So why did my imposter syndrome fade? I've been on a bit of a journey of career transformation, life transformation for the past 11 or so years, ever since I left my last corporate exec job in Silicon Valley. I've talked a lot about that. And I want to tell you that I left my imposter syndrome behind when I left the corporate world, but unfortunately that's not true. Instead, it climbed to all new heights as I pursued a new career as a strategic advisor and then founded my tech startup. I raised funding, I incorporated the company, I became the CEO, I hired a team, and immediately experienced the crushing weight of feeling like I was in over my head. And of course, I really was. (laughs) I mean, I was. As any honest startup founder will tell you, it's the way you feel. But the imposter syndrome made the gut-wrenching fear, doubt, and anxiety almost unbearable, hard to sleep at night. And after a few years, my startup failed. Not fun, but that is the reality with many startups. Shutting down the company was easily one of the saddest moments of my life. I went through a long period of darkness, as many founders do. I should have been honest about that, and I should have talked with someone about it. But I, but I didn't. I kind of just sucked it up and it was me, the lawyer and the accountant for six months shutting down the company. Good fun. So I want to take a moment and tell you that you don't have to suffer through something like that alone. There are online resources, for example, sevencups.com. It's a place where you can get help. You can talk to somebody. You can talk to a professional. I had linked it in the newsletter. This is Do You Ever Feel Like an Imposter? Issue 337. So go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com and uh, you can access the links that I'm sharing and talking about in this podcast. So the, the silver lining of my company failing, if there is one, is it forced me to completely reevaluate what I wanted to do with my career and with my life. And so I started asking myself, it's like, should I try again? Should I spin up another tech startup? I mean, that is the Silicon Valley Cinderella story we all love to read. First startup failed, next one 
multi-billion dollar company. I was asking myself, should I even stay in tech? I mean, I had invested more than two decades in that career path. So leaving it seemed insane. And friends told me I was insane. Or should I set it all aside and go deep on what I really wanted for my life? Maybe thinking about it for the first time. If I could live anywhere I wanted to, doing what I really wanted to do, what would that be? What would that look like? I thought long and hard about who I was. Not who I wanted to be. That's the difference. Not who I may have aspired to be or pretended to be. Not the layers upon layers of the persona of me that I had developed since childhood. I dug deep until I got to who I am at my core. Thought about what I've always enjoyed doing since childhood. What I've always been good at doing. Who I was before people began telling me what I should be. And then also admitting what I suck at doing. I'm terrible at it. And I don't enjoy doing. Ever. No matter how much I try. (laughs) And then finally just not pretending anymore. No more pretending. I uncovered a few core truths, strengths, and talents. Fully accepted them. And then centered my new career and my business on those core truths and forced my imposter syndrome to fade away. In my case, I kind of revealed and thought about the fact that I've, I've always been an explorer. I'm a lifelong learner. I love to read and learn and research. Uh, I'm a teacher. I've always enjoyed learning something and teaching someone else about it. And I, I get single-minded about solving problems. I'm relentless. I'm very persistent. I mean, it's annoying for some people, but I, I know it's a strength in some cases. And then finally, I also believe in rescuing good people from bad situations. I have a, I have a hero complex. I know that. And that's why I like to save good people from terrible bosses and help them escape terrible jobs. We all have different natural talents, strengths, and interests. Your core truths about who you are will be unique to you. It's not going to be the same as mine, of course. I work with my clients all the time when I'm doing the career coaching and leadership coaching to uncover their core truths while we're pursuing their future career goals and figuring out their life plans. The point I'm trying to make with all this is that someone else's recognition or praise doesn't generate or determine your core truths. They can't be taken away by someone else's criticism either. Failure doesn't affect them. They're neither good nor bad. It's not like what you're saying about yourself or what I said about myself is like, oh, that's a good thing or that's a bad thing. It just, it just is. No one else can measure them. No one else can give them a rating or a score. They simply exist. I stopped trying to be what I was not and would never be. 
I mean, I played the corporate game for many, many years, but I finally decided that I could no longer pretend to be some heartless executive who was okay with good people, nice people getting laid off while some executive jackass got promoted for being a ruthless bastard and saving money. I just couldn't do it anymore. So instead, I focused on creating a life and a career centered on my core truths. You'll notice that none of the ones I called out or what I've been talking about is about me being some genius or a wildly popular influencer, famous, a successful billionaire, or the world's greatest leader. I'll never claim that. No one would ever compare me to Steve Jobs or Elon Musk or whoever your favorite billionaire or leader is. But more importantly, I no longer compare myself to someone like that either or anyone else for that matter. My core truths are what they are, flaws and all. I know they aren't particularly impressive, but I don't need to pretend that I'm something I'm not. I'm honest about what my truths are and who I am. Imposter syndrome exists when you fear that someone will discover your lack of fantastic talents and abilities. You know, you worry that you're going to be revealed as a fake or a fraud. And maybe it's part of growing older. Maybe it's part of leaving my past corporate career behind. But I no longer fear being exposed as lacking talent because I'll be the first one to admit I'm not the most intelligent person in the room. I'll never be the most talented person in the room. And I'm okay with that. Because that's not the value I bring to my relationships. I've survived, I've made mistakes, and I've learned from all of it. I've found my way around so many obstacles to achieve the goals that I needed to. Again, because I'm relentless. I've had enough success that even I finally after decades and decades, had to admit, okay, maybe, maybe it's not all luck. I've had a good life. I'm very happy with who I am and where I am in my life and my relationships, and I'm happy. I've figured out how this crazy world works, and now I want to help others make their way through it so they can be happy too. That's really what it's all about. I'm trying to make people happier, more successful, and more fulfilled. So finally, those six strategies I talked about. I mean, it's not unlikely that if you're listening to this, you've suffered from imposter syndrome too. Maybe it comes and goes, or perhaps it makes you feel sick to your stomach. Every time you achieve success and you fear the whole facade is going to come crashing down. But there are ways you can manage it. Number one, as I said before, remember, you're not alone. Almost all of us experience it and feel like frauds. So the next time you're in a big meeting, and that could be in person or on Zoom, remind yourself that even the most seemingly confident person in the room has moments of self-doubt. Everyone does. Number two, accept that no one is perfect. I doubt that you expect others to be absolutely perfect. No one is expecting you to be perfect either. And 
if someone does demand that you are perfect, you should question whether you want this person in your life anyway. Number three, recognize your achievements. The people who really know you and believe in you and know what you've accomplished, they know what you're capable of. They know what you've achieved. And it can't all be luck when you've been successful more than a few times. Luck doesn't work that way. So recognize your achievements. Number four, consider the source. External events and other people can trigger imposter syndrome. When that happens, consider the source of criticism. For example, I remember one leader harshly judging my leadership skills. And it bothered me a little until I considered the source and I thought, this person's a terrible leader. I don't give a damn about their opinion. I don't care. Number five, find your inner circle. I've mentioned this before. I linked that article. So go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com and check out this, this article and the link to this article. But it is so valuable to join or create if you have to a group of supportive peers and advisors. When you doubt yourself, and it's going to happen, they will lift you up. They'll cheer you on. They will remind you of how great you are. That's one of the things I do for my clients. Everybody needs it. And it's what my Invincible Career community does for members too. We are all there to support each other, encourage each other, give each other feedback, be the coworkers, the advisors, the friends that we wish we had in our professional lives. It is an incredible feeling to have people believe in you. Finally, Invest some time in deeply understanding yourself. What are those core truths about you that no one can take away? Stop defining yourself by who you think you should be or the expectations others have placed on you. Stop letting other people judge you on your talents and skills, especially those, sec- those ones that you secretly feel you don't genuinely have and don't care. Instead, center yourself on the deep truths that have been core to you for as long as you can remember. Think back on your life, reflect on your childhood, and try to see those patterns. They will emerge. Talk with close friends, talk with loved ones, parents, siblings, people who've known you for a very long time. Your truths will reveal themselves as these consistent threads that keep cropping up in how you work, live, and interact with others. They are a part of defining you as you. The secret to eliminating imposter syndrome is to center yourself on who you truly are. Be radically honest, even if it's sometimes a little painful, but be honest about your strengths, your talents, your weaknesses, and your flaws. It's okay to be a normal human being. Really, it is. Discard the labels and the assessments used to measure you by what you are not. You can't be revealed as an imposter for something you no longer define yourself as being. It is incredibly liberating. Ralph Waldo Emerson said, To be yourself in a world that is constantly trying to make you something else is the greatest accomplishment. I'm not saying that you don't need other knowledge, skills, and experience to do your job well. Of course you do. 
but they don't have to define you. That's an important distinction. Your manager's assessment of your skills, whether it's good or bad, should have no impact on your sense of worth or your identity. Yeah, your knowledge and your skills, they're helpful tools, but they are not who you are. I'm also not saying that you don't need to make a good impression on others if you want them to hire you and work with you, but you don't need to be fake. Being fake might get you in the door, but maintaining that facade, it will make you miserable. You'll be much happier in your next job when it maps closely to your core truths and who you really are or the business that you create. If you want to be a solopreneur, and I've talked about that before, this is your chance. Unlike any other job you've had, when you build your own business, you define exactly what it is. You can make it all about what you're really good at doing, what you enjoy doing, how you want to help other people. It is one of the best opportunities to build your professional life around who you are. If you have other tips for managing your imposter syndrome or you've heard of something or a friend has done it, please share them. Find this podcast, go to newsletter.invinciblecrew.com, share it in the comments. There's no reason any of us should suffer with imposter syndrome. Thanks for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you would like to follow upcoming releases of the show, please subscribe. And as always, I appreciate your ratings and reviews. Thank you. If you would like to learn more about Invincible Career and the podcast, you can visit InvincibleCareer.com. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life.